Welcome to Who Analyzed Roger Rabbit, analyzing who formed Roger Rabbit one minute at a time, with special guest Lux Diamond. That is correct. This is Who Analyzed Roger Rabbit. You did not tune into the wrong podcast unless you wanted to listen to something else. And then, too bad, you're here. <laughs> I am Chris Blair, and I am here, as always, with my co-hostess. With co- the co-hostess? Co- co-captor. Co-captor. <laughs> co-captor, Annie my, McMullen. My, my, uh, my uh, Eddie to my Roger. <laughs> uh, you know what? As much as I... Listen, I love Bob Hoskins, and we all know that. Um as much as I don't want to be the Eddie, I think I'm the Eddie. Well, <laughs> I thought I thought you would take that as a compliment with your love for for Bob Hoskins. <laughs> um, and, but it's not just us. Um, the opposite of having a pig head on us. Uh, <laughs> uh, um, the very uh, the very hilarious Lexi Diamond. Hello. I try to be the antithesis to a pig head. That's the <laughs> highest praise a person can receive after after that last scene we recorded i know i know no higher compliment mm, agreed thank you thank you for having me well a question we've been asking almost all the guests is and i think this actually came up last minute is um have you been on the ride of who framed roger rabbit and if so what were your thoughts on it i have i truly can't remember where it is in the park and also anything other than I have a, a vague memory of weasels that I'm so scared of more now than ever before, having seen the deleted scene. And I have a memory of Jessica Rabbit's silhouette in the door. But that's the only, I don't know why I can't place the rest of it's all Mr. Toe's Wild Ride in my memory. Because that's what it is. Is it the same ride? It's like what one of our guests theorized that it's just a remake of it um, that spins around. It's just, you sit in that car, right? Mm-hmm. Those carts that like they have at every uh, like county fair, right? Yeah. It's like that metal cage with the half dome thing that comes over you and it spins around kind of whirly durly. And then you just go through this like kind of like shitty haunted house, blacklight haunted house rave thing that has scenes from the movie. It's not a good ride. I truly can't remember it. It's- Wild. No, I think the thing is you are remembering it. That is it. Yeah, Mr. that's Wild it. Ride, but it's huh. yeah, it's it's very similar. It's like, but I I would uh, place uh, sorry to um, anyone who created the the ride that might be listening on the show, but I think Mr. Toast Wild Ride is uh, much more fun. But you know, that's just mm. that's just my opinion. Wait till we do the Mr. Toad podcast, and then you can. Oh, I'm in it to win it. I'm in it to win it with that one. It's again, it's highly erotic. <laughs> the Mr. Toad, just mostly because of Chris. <laughs> and my inability to not just like riff on the joke so and and mr toad also doesn't have a nose so uh is that right oh sexy for you too then fun fact mr toad is also an object of the male gaze (laughs) (laughs) so speaking of gaze uh we've gazed this movie and this particular minute and this is minute 48 of the movie. Minute 48 starts with Jessica saying, you don't know how hard it is being a woman looking the way that I do. Looking a way that I do? That's what it says. I don't know. (laughs) Uh, And then it ends with Eddie looking down at his pantsless bottom half. Mm. Now, here's the thing I'm not quite sure of. Like, Jessica asks, Jessica insinuates that he was set up to take those pictures. And Bob and Eddie, he seems shocked by this. But mm-hmm. isn't this part of his theory that that uh, he was set up to do this? But, oh, that's, sorry, so sorry. Go ahead, Annie. No, 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 go. That's actually where the, the cut scene, mm-hmm. um, that's where the deleted scene actually makes this make a bit more sense. Because if that was his theory, but now he's seeing... You know, but then he went and saw her working with Judge Doom. Mm. And now he's seeing her saying, I'm not involved in the way that you think I am. Then maybe that does make a bit more sense. Either way, oof. 
I think we have to evaluate this scene. I think we need to try both for for the podcast and also for our own personal safety. Mm-hmm. We have to try and forget the deleted scene. I'm we have to I would try love and let to, it go. Annie. I would love yeah. to I'd love to put a, a nail file right in my ears. <laughs> just just scrub that bad boy just out. Scrub that yeah. nightmare um, straight from it. Yeah. I think for, you're right, for the you're good right. of the people, we have to forget the deleted scene. Okay. I've been thinking a lot about Dolores and Jessica because the two of them are opposite sides of, you know, the same coin and yet not in the whole like innocent versus dangerous. It's not the, it's not the virgin whore. It's, we don't have Madonna whore. No. And we also don't have um, maiden mother crone. Like there's nothing here that has to do with experience. Both of them seem to be like saddened by their knowledge of the CD world, right? Both of them are sort of quote unquote ruined by you know uh, ownership of their own sexuality for among among certainly many other things um but it's that sort of um it's the like it's the the um i guess there is like a mother element unfortunately though to dolores huh she's no but see i think that's an additional level of like the commentary right because Mm -hmm. in a way she kind of looks she doesn't look unlike jessica in some way she has some similar like vixeny thing she's that's right right yeah. like they didn't make her matronly mm-hmm. or just because she's a caretaker or, or whatever um i i don't know it the more you talk about it the more i'm like maybe they did get it maybe they're like mm-hmm. maybe this mm-hmm. is good i don't know right because also it. in a ways like every man in this movie is a doofus in one they have huge blind spots huge blind spots yeah whereas jessica and dolores get it they understand everything better they have a broad awareness that no other characters in this movie do and their foil is the shit other people have put on them whereas every other man's foil is Mm -hmm. some deep-seated issue within themselves so in a way like they're the only two whole normal good characters and they're just completely like trapped by the bullshit everyone else has put on them they're holding far more nuance than the men are and and i suppose they're not treated with the same nuance that the men are right nobody's listening to the words jessica sing no or singing and because she's a tune and Mm -hmm. she's like beholden to what did you call it oh what did i what did you call the 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 thing that roger his uh his artistic code, code. Is his artistic code mm-hmm. right so she is beholden to this artistic code that was put on her by whatever do- dipshit dude drew her mm. right so mm-hmm. she's saying poignant things she's saying the truth she's doing these things but she it comes out with kathleen turner's voice in like phone sex operator right That's so, so they can't hear anything she's saying mm-hmm. and she's saying over and over again like i'm not bad i'm just drawn this way right and no right. one's listening to her Right. right. Well, and she is mechanizing it, though, right? Like she is utilizing the the way she's perceived, which we have to do as women in society is go like, all right, if no one believes the words I'm saying, then which archetype do you think that I am? And how can I utilize that to achieve any ounce of, you know, independence, stability, whatever right. it is? And so she knows the, the cards that she's been dealt, but she's not using them to seduce Nope. So much as to say, like, look, no, no, I'm seeing reality. And Dolores is doing the same thing. Dolores is doing, she's using her caretaker role to Mm -hmm. get, like, her information across, right? There's a Mm -hmm. few minutes back when she's delivering the news. What did she discover? What was the thing she discovered and gave to Eddie? Uh, I don't remember. Oh, oh, I think that's going to be in the next few minutes. Oh, okay. Sorry. Oh, she's about to come in with it. Mm -hmm. She's about to come in with some information, right? And Mm -hmm. um, she she's mad at Eddie for unrelated reasons and she has to shift tone really quickly and start to like fix his collar and like take care of him because like that's the way that Eddie can relate to her Mm. and like yeah so maybe maybe they did get it or maybe they just um are so deep into their own misogyny yeah we're reading we're giving them that (laughs) I don't know she's sort of like redemptive right like if he chooses if he can tie up all of these problems and find his way back to the life that they could have had, which is like a very sort of heteronormative 
this couple will keep to themselves and not, um, you know, sort of disrupt, they will be satisfied in their home and not disrupt society in any way. Um, she's sort of like the, the picture of no longer being involved in the seediness. She would redeem him in some way. But it is interesting that she isn't innocent or wholesome or blind to those things. And obviously, like, the same thing that we're sexualizing in Jessica Rabbit is that she, in theory, like, is knowing, right, worldly. But there's, no, and I suppose she, but she's not redemptive of Roger. He's redemptive of her, which is interesting in the way that we're meant to perceive, like, she's sexy and he's sort of um, a sweetie pie, right? But, of course, we know that she is more than that. Yeah, but I think that's, like, a little bit of a script flip, right? Because, like, Three. Roger... Because I think traditionally you see those two together and you're like, oh, she lends status by being super hot and That's Roger's right. a doofus. Yeah. And so like, what a fucking win for that guy, right? Yeah. But in reality, this movie has set up Roger to be like the heart The rod, prize. Right? Yeah, yeah. And, some, um, yeah. and all the women are really jealous that she's bagged him. So I, like, yes. I, think they, I think they do that. I do really like the idea of them as this sort of like tune bizarro world mirror of Dolores and yeah yeah um, and Eddie but it's such a shame I love that I love the idea I, I suppose uh Roger and Eddie I see less connected Dolores and Jessica do feel connected yeah very much I think they've even mirrored the way that they look in some really subtle ways maybe not I, have not, but... I think I think you're exactly right well I do think Roger and Eddie are have connections but not till later because eddie's keeping that buried deep and towards that end of the mm. movie, he starts letting loose and you can see oh this guy kind of is a goofball he just yeah you're right. that way down that's they true you're, you're exactly right yeah terribly that, and that's for sure <laughs> yeah they both they both have the same taste in uh in clothes I wish, though, I wish that Jessica and Dolores weren't in this upcoming moment about to be set up as rivals, though. Mm. Like, that's a real shame. I mean, talk about not passing the Bechdel test, right? There's yeah. no, uh, there's no female camaraderie, certainly between them, but I think generally, right? Do we meet any two women who are... Um, have a relationship trying to think like i think almost every interaction is is too eddie in in the movie uh, yeah there's not it doesn't pass the bestial test in any way shape or form wouldn't yeah. it be cool if, if they okay we're writing the sequel guys yeah. yeah we're writing a movie about jessica and dolores teaming dolores up they solve teaming up yes they solve patriarchy <laughs> wow what do you think the patriarchy is like in the tune world is does that exist are there like um clearly look at jessica oh, yeah i guess you think yeah. she chose to wear that strapless backless dress every day for the rest of her life oh my gosh i've never thought because obviously she looks excellent she's killing it um but it's all the time you no, think she might want to sit down and open her legs now. like once in a while uh, have we seen tunes change clothes at all do they wear pajamas? I mean, I have seen that in tunes. Sure, sure. But I mean, like, does Roger Rabbit have another outfit? Only if it's funny. Yeah, yeah. I think that's the only rule. rule. I respect it. But, but we, we do know, like, that those codes, right? They're not mm -hmm. all that it's funny. Like, Jessica's is not that it's funny. That's right. Jessica's is that it's corny. Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. Well, well, she's been made to, yeah. <laughs> we do see Roger in a bathing suit in a picture. Okay. Now there you go. Okay. And Jessica's allowed to wear a bathing suit because yes, it's horny. Obviously. Right. Well, the man gets to draw the bathing suit. Yeah. <laughs> Roger's bathing suit is kind of funny. It's like the, the one piece with the stripes. Yes, that's right. Yeah. 1920s. Eddie has similar rules. Like, this is, what, again, why I think that You're they are right. terrible. Like, Eddie's clothes are funny. Eddie, You're even exactly in this, right. In this scene, this man gets out of the shower and puts on pants and a tie. Gosh, you, you're exactly right. I think you're exactly right, Annie. I think there is um, more similarity there than I've wanted there to be. Roger is a device for Eddie to find himself. Now, okay, here's, a, here's another uh, uh, sort of gender studies theory or question. Do you guys know like paradox of the grotesque? <laughs> Tell me more. 
It's uh, uh, like theater of the absurd. I need uh, you to know that I don't know anything. No, and either do I. So what okay. I'm saying right now might none of it be what I mean. Do you know what I mean? I could just be doing like here are some nouns. Um, but so the, there's this idea, like the paradox of the grotesque, and it comes up a lot in clowning and in, I think cartooning follows a lot of the same rules where it's like um, something that is um, repulsive and simultaneously uh, gets our pity or our sympathy is that it's like this really fine line. And cartoons are this way, right? Because they're bizarre. And so you're repelled on some level, but also it's cute or it's funny. Like there's something that magnetizes you back. And so you can't be too far in either direction. And a lot of folks will look at sort of like, uh, quote unquote, feminized versions of, you know, traditionally masculine characters and be like, okay, either like that is the grotesqueness, right? Which is deeply problematic. Let me be very clear that I'm not like, and I like that gender roles are useful, but like to see, I'm so sorry, this is so boring. I'm so sorry, no, but just to I see like it. Eddie, embracing this hyper masculinity mm. and obviously part of what is like sort of quote unquote grotesque in the most academic version of that word right sense of that word uh about roger was some of part of what's most grotesque about roger is that he is sort of like expressive and endlessly effusive and sort of these things that we associate with the he's feminine. like anti-masculine i wouldn't say that's he's right. feminine but that's he's right. like anti-masculine that's right, right? Yeah, i agree like with he's that. flying in the face and i and i think that's hopefully very intentional it would make sense that it's very intentional because like feminizing him would be weird next to jessica right so he has to be this sure. kind of triangle where he's like the antithesis of like eddie's toxic mm -hmm. masculinity mm -hmm. but also not like um sexy in the feminine way and and in a lot of ways jessica only embodies the aspects of femininity that are hypersexual she doesn't really embody any other character any of that's the mothering right. the sweet that's what dolores we don't does. see her as submissive we don't see her as yeah she's that's not even really nice no and in fact she's like fairly ambitious she's got Whether... a low voice yeah. she's like yeah yeah interesting yeah uh, roger's just I mean, he kind of represents like the comedians of that time as well. This kind of goofy, self-deprecating in in many ways. Mm -hmm. um, no sexuality at all. No, but how interesting that in tune in tune um, world that is somehow the sexiest thing. <laughs> Any... I mean, if I'm Jessica Rabbit, like I want somebody. I want the least horny person alive. <laughs> just for a break just for a rest just like five minutes yeah of somebody realizing i don't have a nose <laughs> you know yeah yeah well i just uh, feel like the you suggestion relate strongly of a to jessica annie i feel you like drawn <laughs> to her well and for our listeners who don't know who i am i am a blonde woman who is relatively curvaceous so i have dealt with some similar situations in my lifetime I don't and, look like Jessica. It's not, but but let me just tell you, you don't have to to be treated like that. It's <laughs> true. Like you no, know, you don't have much. to be. Uh, you don't have to be any which way to be. If your body treated. suggests the existence of nipples, you you will be treated this way. You know, in our artwork for the podcast, you don't have a nose. So um... <laughs> wow, how did I? How did I not see that? It's a shot. It's a silhouette. <laughs> It's a silhouette, yeah. So did did Rogers, uh, it, it only happens when it's funny, rub off onto Eddie's pants? Because it drops at the most comedic moment for Eddie's pants to drop. Yes. Because Roger was very close to Eddie's pants. He was rubbing up all over Eddie's clothes. So maybe... <laughs> Oh, you think literally it may have transferred. But the rule of the world also seems to be that like, there's irony and and like, well, the worst possible moment is, right? yeah yeah i mean it was really that perfect moment where yeah. i just think i think i think that eddie he's a straight man but his world operates in the same rule where if it's funny it happens to him it's mm -hmm. just funny in this like sad clown way mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. um we uh uh the only other thing to hit we we kind of mentioned this line but it's it's maybe the most famous line in the movie is in this minute yeah I, not bad i'm just drawn that way which great great line 
great line okay but why do you think it's a great line like why do you think that's the line that like went like that made it it's so it is um it is taking so many simultaneous points of view right to to say i'm not that i'm just drawn that way right i'm received in this way also that she herself is using bad as the as the adjective as though as though we can um, immediately assign good or bad to like possessing of sexuality or feminine in any identifiable, right? Like it's such a complicated little nugget and it does make the film seem deeply self-aware of its own gaze, of its own like male gaze, even on a character who is herself battling that. Yeah. Well, so I, this is like the first time, I mean, we've talked lately about like the, you know, the whole jessica situation right um but i have never really like thought about it in that much detail until we're talking about it now and like that line has so much such a different meaning when you really like think about it right so like i don't think that that's what most people get from it right like i think that like it's just like she's being accused of a crime and like yeah you're our conditioning makes the leap between like oh well you're kind of slutty so you must mm-hmm. also be a criminal because we know sluttiness is bad because we're good puritans that's right um, and so you know and it's very helpful in a patriarchy to demonize sexuality when we've identified that as being exclusively a women's thing mm-hmm. um i think your brain like sort of makes that leap without thinking about it mm-hmm. but um but it's just interesting to really think about like what that line means in the context of like knowing everything that we actually know about Jessica. Totally. And like um, the self-awareness of like, I know how I'm perceived. Yeah. I'm owning it in this moment by saying like, I'm aware. She's that people such a sad me. character to me. Mm-hmm. Like it's her, her existence. She's trapped in a hell of being treated exclusively as a sex object it's the only way she can make she can make money it's the only way she can like whatever like yeah it's no wonder that she's banging a rabbit in jinko overalls <laughs> yeah i mean it really does it really does say a lot about about how how she has to go through this world and that that's how she's constantly feeling is that she constantly has this these thoughts upon her that she's this certain way and that she's not this way and mm-hmm. i didn't know there's i think there's something very sad about that that oh yeah about not uh, being unable to escape your perception yeah like and, oh I'm, damn it i was born into this archetype and eddie's you know? reaction to her is so deeply disappointing oh it really God. is like we spend this whole movie trying to relate to eddie as a person and watch his arc like you know him grow mm-hmm. and like he doesn't see any of it with her. No, it's so lonely to be so absent from, like, there is just no connection there. And she's saying, yeah. She's reaching out to him for help, too. This is literally her saying, like, hey, please utilize the information I have because we need to work together on this. Which she's done multiple times, by the way, in every interaction with him. That's all she's done. Mm -hmm. Um, And so to me, this is just a real, like, fuck you, Eddie. Like, fuck you, dude. You know, moment. Um. Because he really, I don't think he's ever convinced that not involved until they've unraveled the entire case. She is presumed yeah. in on it, and you I, know? And even doesn't Nish, Nish thinks she's in on it, right? I think he's he does, He's not quite sure. I think he's, he's not quite sure. I'm not going to assign that to Nish's misogyny because he hasn't at this given point, me any reason to think that that's the case. But the right. movie is setting it up that yeah, way. Totally. totally. And, and at this point, anyone could be in on it in the movie um by the way that line written by friend of the show gary k wolf that <laughs> is line. that right it's really great it's a really uh beautiful distillation of a very complicated thing mm-hmm. and also not beautiful because still it utilizes the language of you know assigning good or bad morality to right somebody's appearance somebody you know their whether or not they are uh sexual or hmm. yeah hmm. it's yeah. really in the the ear of the listener <laughs> hey <laughs> why does the toilet flush and then he comes out wearing no shirt and um 
Right now, it's time for everybody's favorite segment. It is a little something we call Friday with Nish. It's Friday with Nish. Ooh, what a dish. Tell your mother. Tell your shrink. Tell us, Nish, what do you think? Yeah. Friday with Nish is where uh, Nish gives us a call and uh, we find out what he thinks about the next three minutes of the movie. Oh, 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 what's that? I think Nish is calling us right now. Hey, hey Chris. How how are you doing? I'm good. I hope it's not a bad time to call. <laughs> no, it's perfect. We were just actually introducing your segment. So you called at the perfect time. And we were just oh. saying, you know, when it's Friday, I hope Nish calls. I This is my favorite. Every Friday, I just wait. Read by my phone. Start <laughs> dialing. Now uh, it's been a little bit. It's been a few Fridays since you called us. Uh, yeah, it's been a it's been a few. Yeah, I miss you guys. Yeah, miss um, you. Yeah. We, we missed you a lot too. Uh, we've got uh, your friend Lexi Diamond here as well. Wait, what? Lexi is here? Is that Nish, my old friend from before? Yeah. Oh my God, Hi, Lexi. Hey, I miss oh. you. Wait, have you guys met on other days besides Fridays? Oh, I think only on Fridays, but years and years (laughs) of worth of Fridays. Okay. Yeah. How are you, Nish? Just wonderful. How are you? I'm good. I haven't spilled water on myself at all today. Oh, no water spillage? (laughs) Come on, Lex. It's not a a Friday. Nope. Dry as a bone over here. Get get Lexi some day sex. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, God. Uh, you're in new york yeah i'm in new york yeah um is it over there how are they doing uh, in general how is new york yeah how are the people of new New york York is doing great um we had uh we had a little bit of rain yesterday all day so it felt a little wet compared to i don't i don't want to one-up you but we also have had a little bit of rain i'd call it a good bit of yeah we have we had a we had a yeah a good bit yeah, chunk of rain. rain. Chunk. chunk of rain. Oh, the drought is gone. I'm just so happy that it's over. It's all over now. So uh, drought is over. It's fixed. We did it. Oh. Nish, what did you think about these three minutes of the movie? Um. Oh yeah, I saw minutes forty six, seven, and eight. Um. Uh, so I'm making progress. I don't know how long the whole movie is. <laughs> I don't want to say I'm halfway through because I could be more than halfway through. You're very close. It's 104 minutes long. So 104. Wow. Yeah. It's halfway. Halfway. And uh, it's pretty good. I enjoyed, you know, the last, uh, these three minutes. They were a good mix of uh, humor and um, and kind of plot movement, like good progress in the plot. Um and uh, I don't want to say that I predicted some of the <laughs> well, places where it's going, but I, I think, think that, said... I think that's the natural next step of this conversation is that like this these minutes I feel like are very um, well they're very important to your journey in particular, Nish. Yeah, um, I'm. Uh, I think uh, I think my conspiracy theories coming through what's your conspiracy well my conspiracy theory is a little too specific and it may or may not come through (laughs) i think this is a conspiracy between the hollywood studio system represented in this case by um uh what's the studio guy's name yeah his boss um roger rabbit's boss right and He's trying to frame him, but he's not alone. The studio is oh. not alone. Somehow, they're also trying to the railroad system. In wow. LA. Wow. Mm-hmm. Love it. I think the railroad system may or may not come through, and I think it might just be a, a thread that never resolves. Uh, but I think uh, Eddie is going towards, towards, he's got the same hunch. Mm. He's got the same hunch. Jessica Rabbit is also suggesting something like that yeah what do you think their motivation is i think the motivation is possibly whatever is in the will right i think they want the they want the monies from it i don't know if jessica rabbit is 
is tell, fully telling the truth. And I just, I don't know. It's a little bit of a, like the fact that they're pushing this theory so hard, it almost makes me believe that maybe, maybe it's not it. You know, Nish, I think, I think what brought you to this podcast was just the fact that you're one of the few people who's never seen this movie. <laughs> um, and that's really was your, your selling point initially, but you've really blossomed, you know, and I think what's keeping, what's keeping your fans here and what's certainly keeping me engaged is your ability to come up with these fully formed and very detailed, intricate predictions based on so little information i mean like you have you have information now but this has been happening since you know minute one for minute one you were like it's baby's day out it's just like baby's day you always have like a very fully formed prediction that's impressive to me because i'd be like i don't know the vibe is like kind of cartoony so i'm <laughs> i'm just impressed with the depth that you give us I how much how much of it has been um inspired by like genre and how many of those genres, like what, how many of your predictions are like, well, the other, you know, film noir versus just like what you feel like should happen in a story? Yeah, I think, uh, I think it's a little bit, I, I don't know if, yeah, a little bit, maybe it's genre related a little. Baby's Day Out was, we were not even in the genre. No. And I think. I think Baby Doubt is a straight lift. It's it my favorite from thing the that's happened. One I think it's my favorite thing that's happened the entire podcast. <laughs> I really wish it wasn't minute one because it feels like a finale. <laughs> Ooh, explosive. Uh, um, yeah, I think uh, I think there were some elements of the genre, like you know, uh, up front. Uh, but now I'm just going minute by minute. You know, I'm seeing what's going on um what they're communicating through the script through the writing through sound um but i think some things are becoming clearer why they're big roger rabbit he's kind of a little bit little like he's potentially smart but he's also little he's he's joyful to the point of not being fully aware <laughs> I, I want to say that uh, Eddie's a professional detective and you uh, figured out some things that he figured out ahead of him. So uh, that's right. Pretty impressive. He was, uh, he's distracted. Um, but I think the romance between him and his ex-girlfriend, that's kind of like we're getting some, some traction there. You think he's making, you, you think he's making progress on uh, winning Dolores back? I think this common project that they've gone on uh, a good couple a relationship needs <laughs> to develop a relationship a couple needs to go through a project i think i think and, that know. if i was dolores's friend i would sit her down and say dolores mm -hmm. his lack of affection is unattractive mm. his lack of attention is unattractive mm. his true. lack <laughs> of effort is unattractive you you deserve better dolores your lipstick always matches your outfit. Look at you. She's so beautiful. She's You're so beautiful. a prize. Mm -hmm. That is true. <laughs> That's the lecture I would give Dolores. It would take a couple drinks, but, yeah. but I would do it. Is she a business think... owner? Does she own the business? She... No. She no. runs the bar. We know she doesn't because she says someone's going to come in and look at the books and she's going to get in trouble. Yeah. Okay. When, okay. when Eddie owes money. Although the, the okay. from another minute is there is a newspaper clipping when they're going through like all the newspapers on Eddie's desk that says like uh, two detectives and a floozy go into business together or something like that. Like, so it's very, it's very unclear. God. <laughs> I think uh, what could happen if now, given what you said, Annie, to redeem Eddie, I think he's been very kind of like, he's been a little bit more kind of been using her a little bit, you know? Like when he he only comes to her when he needs needs her, like for the camera, mm. you know? Money, then, camera, money, space, closet, hiding Roger. You know, hiding Roger. Um, so I think that has to, that has to be resolved. Drinks. Drink, he drinks. He drinks. This movie's pretty. Remember when we were gonna try and count Eddie's drinks? Well, I mean, we still got a tab. It's been it's been a tiny bit since he's had a drink, but you know, 
Uh, something tells me, uh, spoilers, he's going to make up for that. <laughs> uh, so, uh, Nish, uh, what do you think about Jessica? Do you think she's... Do you think she's in on this? Do you think she's not in on this? Yeah, I think... So... That's where, like, the way I... This is where, like, you know... Maybe this is how just she is, like, you know, that's how just where she talks or gives information. But it seems like if she was really trying to protect Roger Rabbit, like, you know, she would express herself a little bit differently. But it's uh, it didn't seem like she really, really cared about Roger. Mm. But the information she gave. Now, like, that's why I'm unable to trust it. Maybe it's like, you know, there are multiple like the studio head is not the only one in this in this conspiracy so there are other players and if the other players are kind of influencing Jessica Rabbit to kind of reveal this some of this information you know lead Eddie down a path uh and so i think what could happen here is that studio head is not even that high up in this conspiracy theory he is like the same level as what's the the sheriff and the judge you know, kind of like a like a tool in the toolbox sort of thing. Oh. So no, yeah, could happen. You know, so I mean, think of it, right? Like if there is a, it's a there is a bigger power that's controlling, and that power is not not like a like larger superior evil or anything that controls all bad people, but you know, oh. a human that's in. Mm-hmm. that's doing it we need to meet one more villain is all i'm saying okay oh. okay mm-hmm. so you think we don't have enough villains yet i think we, i think we need one something maybe from the railroad mm-hmm. company a politician would be nice you know who's just not more than the judge and the sheriff like something what if it's something more what if it's the train <gasps> the, tra- the railroad itself <laughs> <laughs> railroad railroad is the victim because my th- this is where my theory came from. There were railroad systems in, in LA. They were by choice uh, kind of hurt so that the car business could take on. Uh, and this is movies from that time. So, so wait, so you're you're weaving in actual yeah. 1940s Los Angeles transportation politics into yeah. your theory? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, see, we didn't know any of this when we hired you. This is that's the we didn't know you were bringing any of this to the table when we were like, let's do this thing. And I say we, I had nothing to do with it, but you know what I mean. I feel like maybe that's the statement that's uh, but it's not making any, you know, we don't see them hanging out. You know, if this was happening, it we could at least see them in a bar or something, you know, some of these has like you know, tangentially, you know, but now it's too much. Nish was like, Nish was like, they think they hired me for my naivete, but in reality, I'm I'm a sleuth like you've never seen, (laughs) and a historian (laughs) and a dramaturg. It's the transportation politics, yeah. (laughs) uh, So, what do you think is going to happen in the next few minutes of the movie? Yeah. Um, Well, I think um, what's I don't, I'm forgetting her name. Eddie's ex-girlfriend. Uh, Dolores. Uh, yeah, she's come back with some information, right? She just, in the last minute, she's walked in. Uh, Jessica Rabbit is there. Uh, she'd made a fun fun joke about his underwear. Uh, uh, <laughs> that's a joke about the underwear, right? Yeah, the... Um, Watercolor the, joke. Yeah, the yeah, I think so. Well, a little bit of the wonder. Or is I, it a tune joke? I, I don't know if it is a tune. I think it's like, the fact that he's interacting with uh, someone made out of animation stuff. Um, but uh, Eddie's underwear is also looks like it's 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 water watercolor painted. Mm. Uh, maybe not. I think maybe that's a little bit from like him still like having a deep affection for tunes, like. That's a little symbolism that deep down inside he still cares about them a little bit. Yeah, he definitely like he needs to do a lot more to redeem himself on the all the negative tune stuff that he said. Uh, but saving Roger Rabbit is, I think, the big, big thing. So 
uh, yeah. You think so that acts happened. of service is Eddie's love language? Acts of service. <laughs> I think so too. I uh, I but it I hope it's 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 every tune's love language because they are on the receiving side. <laughs> if they like gifts, that's not gonna work. Well, Roger seems to be touched. He did uh, he did kiss Eddie earlier. Oh yeah, I think maybe a a, a good hug would be fun for Roger. Uh, Plus, me, yeah. you watched him do that thing with his ears and the yeah the file. Oh yeah, that was Roger. <laughs> Plus, like, I mean, if you're if you're acts of service, if your love language is acts of service, I don't think Jessica's your girl. Oh, like, what's she doing? <laughs> She's not doing a bunch of chores around. The um, what about there are other ones? There are a few more love languages. Yeah, words of affirmation. I mm-hmm. think Jessica Rabbit could deliver some good words of affirmation because she has a very um, well. I guess like her voice is like just too too sexual to almost not take the words of affirmation seriously. <laughs> it's not her fault. That's just how she is. That's how she speaks. Do you think but... Kathleen Turner has like trouble making a doctor's appointment for that reason? <laughs> Too seductive, too too sexy. Ma'am, ma'am, please stop hitting on me. I'm just trying to schedule your dental hygienist uh, cleaning. Yeah. I'm not hitting so, on you. Just only have Tuesday. That's just her. Her gift is her curse. Hi. We can guess that her love language is probably words of affirmation, right? Because she likes Roger, not because he's not for his looks, but because he's funny. Yeah. <laughs> is that my issue? oh it's mine (laughs) (laughs) no this is the problem yeah 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 do we have any other questions for nish um i have a question for the group oh okay this is a twist um i also did not know what a probate was and i did not look it up and i think that's where i think uh that's where the information is coming from in the next minute so i cannot I'm very. I'm looking forward to the next minute to figure out what a probate does. Uh, probate is. You think uh, that's the info that I don't, uh, Dolores is bringing? <laughs> He's going to define probate in the next minute. She's like, I looked it up in the dictionary. It's the next big musical number. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, no, I'll just piece it together once I know what kind of information is coming from, what kind of information is revealed. I'll just figure it out. What a probate could be. Well, I'm gonna. I, it's not a. Spoiler, I don't think explaining what probate is. Probate I don't know. It could be. It could be. Only don't Dolores knows. It. Pretty sure they don't explain it. Uh, and and I'm also not entirely sure if what I'm going to say is correct, but I'm going to say it anyways, because that's how I do things around here. Uh, it, I'm pretty sure it's just the process of like, when someone dies, your will goes into this like uh, lengthy oh, legal process to just like, validate and make sure that it's the process of like executing the will legally oh yeah i'm googling it right now and it looks like that that's it that's it yeah she's gonna have information on the will who's got who's getting most of the money and kind of like the line item receipt sort of thing for it and so that should give it up oh so what do you think's gonna become of that i think uh I don't know. I think it's all about the, it's all about that bar, right? That club where, uh, where Jessica, or what's that space called? Toonland? The, oh, Toontown? Yeah. Toontown. That's just one of the properties in his name, right? Acme's. There's, he owns a lot more. Yeah. I think, I think that's the, that's the main thing that's been mentioned up to this point. So that's what will happen. Thank you for letting me know what what probate is. I'm gonna I'm gonna sleep better. <laughs> it isn't a prostate. They do go into detail in that later, but they. Uh, Nish, what is your love language? My love language is money. <laughs> Joking. <laughs> Too soon. <laughs> yeah, you just stole all that because, money from us. Yeah, like, no, because after you dumped uh, me for being poor. Well, thank you so much for joining us this week, Nish. Uh, I'm looking forward to your call next Friday. Oh yeah, I'll be I'll be waiting on your phone to call you. <laughs> you don't have to wait if you're making the call. You can 
<laughs> you know he's just so excited. It's hard to do anything else that day. <laughs> yeah. All right, Nish. Well, have a uh, uh, good rest of your week, and uh, can't wait to hear your thoughts in the next three minutes. All right. Have a good Friday, everyone. Bye, Alexi. Bye. Bye. Great to see you. Bye. Any final <laughs> thoughts about this particular minute? That is a really dirty joke in there. Yeah. Dabbling in watercolors. Yeah. That's real dirty. Yeah, that's that's uh, that's a pretty dirty joke. Um, wait, what? Wait, what's he say? Eddie wait. says that. No, uh, Dolores says that. She comes in, sees him with his pants down. Sick this burn. is in that minute, right? Okay. Yes. Yeah, so, sorry. Repeat that. So okay. she, I believe, uh, please correct me if I'm wrong. His pants fall down, and he sort of takes her hands, but also a little bit pushes her away. Um, and then Dolores enters. His pants are down, and she says, "I see you've been dabbling in watercolors, or mm-hmm. I didn't know you dabbled in watercolors, something like that, right?" Yeah, yeah. She she makes a little she makes a little joke about that. Um, and uh, yeah, yeah, a little bit, a little bit of a dirty joke, but you know, I think that's just how Dolores rolls. This is not her first kind of dirty joke. She also made the uh, is that a rabbit in your pocket? Are you just glad, happy to see me? Joke mm-hmm, mm-hmm. again. Interesting commentary on the difference in how they're perceived, mm-hmm, right? Mm-hmm. Like, um, she says, uh, I just checked it, she says, dabbling in watercolors again at a um. Which is a sick burn. I mean, if listen, if if you if the if the thing creature that um your man is cheating with is a different species, it just mm. really opens up a whole world of sick burns. That's interesting. That we don't have, you know. She's a smart. She's a smart lady. She's uh. She's good at wordplay. It, right before that uh, when jessica is kind of like pulling it's when you look at everything through the lens of like everyone has a character code right Ever, especially tunes but tunes are physically incapable of deviating from their code that's mm-hmm. that's the mark of a tune mm-hmm. um when you look at every line of dialogue that jessica has through that lens that her character code is that it has to be sexual it has to be horny it has to be alluring it's so fascinating because she's like quite the wordsmith right she's brilliant at getting out what she means in this thing in a way that's a double entendre because she says something and again i'm gonna butcher it because i don't have it right in front of me but she says something like i need you i need you right now like like because she's begging for him to help her Mm -hmm. um and she it has to come out as like this horny plea for sex Mm -hmm. Um, and that's right when dolores walks in and the fact that she kept it to just dabbling in watercolors is shows a level of restraint that's impressive Hmm. yeah yeah good on dolores good on dolores she's a smart cookie that dolores i think i think dolores might secretly be sort of the protagonist of this film i totally agree i i i'm so worried about her though yeah I'm just thinking about her. We started GoFundMe. Like, what do we do? Where are where, we? Can we get, get a hold of her? Let's get her on, on a retreat. We got to get her to a spa. We sh- The woman needs to be in Santa Fe. My MVP for this minute. I was going to say Dolores's witty snark in the face of the tragedy of her life. But that <laughs> comes up multiple times throughout the film. So I think I've had another opportunity. And, you know, I'm just confronting my own internalized misogyny here that I don't think that I've given Jessica any MVPs. And again, her, the craft of her words, given the constraints put upon her by her, do we know if it's an animator or the voice actor? We don't know who's in charge of that aspect of the character code. Um, uh, That's my MVP. That's that writer, I think. I think that's writer director. It's Jessica. Well, we, so we, Chris and I's working theory about how tunes are born is when an animator and a voice editor a voice actor love each other very much they i see you mean in the world together. of the film yeah they come together and make a tune so i think in the world of the film who is responsible for putting this horrible it's a curse on jessica right she, yes she's it's been a cursed. two-part curse like like if if it's a different kind of funny or, or it serves a different purpose if if jessica was hideous or like grotesque like you oh you she mean is grotesque, when she's right? lena 
Talk you, about like the most again, horrifying thing you can be is unattractive to a man. <laughs> right. But if, if she was like a weathered old crone, right? Mm -hmm. And she had the same constraint. She's only allowed to be horny. Like that's a mm -hmm. different that's a different joke, right? It's a different game. Yeah. Yeah. Um so I'm just wondering, I'm wondering who who picks those. But anyways, uh my MVP is her ability to communicate at all, given that constraint and how limiting it is. Yeah. Yeah. Kudos, Miss Rabbit. Yes. Thank you, Miss Rabbit. Thank you, Miss Rabbit. Mrs. Rabbit, I guess. It's her married name. <laughs> That's true. Ooh, very curious what her name used to be. Right? What's her maiden name? Human. Simpson. Oh. <laughs> what if Jessica Simpson's name was Jessica Human? <laughs> I think it would have been... <laughs> just one woman. I mean, idea. I think that I think that might actually be her. <laughs> Whereas like with Jessica Rabbit, uh, it's probably like nipples. <laughs> Jessica Nibbles, yeah. yeah. I won't be surprised. Oh, definitely not nose. Nipples. Definitely not nose, no. Yeah. It's definitely not nose. No, nay nipples. <laughs> <laughs> my right. sister got all the nostrils. <laughs> <laughs> I got my nostrils from my mother. She didn't have them either. <laughs> all right, well, that is it for today. Uh, Lexi, uh, do you have anything you want to plug today? Um... I want to plug uh, things sold for holidays right after the holidays are mm. over, so they're less expensive. Yeah. Um, and they're picked over. What a gift. Over which I just love. The packaging's sometimes a little torn. And that, my guys, is Dolores. <laughs> <laughs> She's, oh, what she a feels that her holiday has passed her by. I'm sorry, can you tell I'm, I'm on one track? Let's continue. Forgive me. <laughs> Nothing to plug. This has been a Dueling Genre podcast. You can find all their podcasts on DuelingGenre.com and click on the link to support. And we will be back on Monday for Minute 49. And until then, tuck your duck stuff up. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>